Mike Tomlin had some interesting things to say about Deontay Johnson and recent things that have called him into question with his effort. We'll talk about Deontay Johnson. Is he a real problem or is this an overblown issue? That and a question of if the defense is really elite and what's the balance of power like at off, on the offense when the coaching side of the ball with Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan. That and more here in the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, joined by day by Mike DeFabo of The Athletic. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. That's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL to use a news code, all lowercase, locked on NFL, and you'll get a first deposit match up to $100. More on them later. As I said before, we're joined by our friend Mike DeFabo over the athletic he covers the Steelers for them he's been on this show several of times Mike we got to talk man because we got to talk about Deontay Johnson obviously a play you know people wanted to talk about the, the the end zone play where he didn't hold on to the ball was it a catch was it not a catch but the play that drew a lot of ire towards him from fans was the Jalen Warren fumble the very next play where the ball's out he, you see him kind of turn around he says he didn't see the ball after the game he, he said he didn't see it but it bounced right in front of him the other team scooped it up and then everyone takes off to the races except him. And Connor Hayward making that tackle might have been a game-saving play because if he doesn't, the Bengals might have scored, and that could have flipped the game on its head. What was your takeaway when you saw that live and now that you've had more time to go back and look at it? Yeah, you definitely want better effort from Deontay Johnson. I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that maybe he really didn't see it. But when you go back and you look at the replay – it's, it's right there, Tough. sitting in front yeah. of him. So I understand that players are frustrated with the way that the offense is going. I think Mike Tomlin put it well when he said, like, you can't allow the previous play to linger and, and go over. So my thought is, I still think Deontay Johnson is a good football player that can help this team win. What I would hope for Deontay is that the public outcry, and there's been a lot, you know, former yeah. players have been speaking out about this. Um Maybe this is a learning moment for him that he was kind of put on blast and and now maybe you'll see a different approach or at least you'd hope that would be his response. Yeah, I think there's, there should be an interesting response. Mike Tomlin even challenged him to have a response. Here was Mike Tomlin today when he was asked, or Tuesday, excuse me, when he was asked about Deontay Johnson and specifically that play. I'm sorry? What did you see in Jalen's fumble and then Deontay's reaction to that afterwards? You know, we got to take care of the ball. Um, it is our desire. It's how we construct victory. And so Jalen's got to do a better job there. Um, you know, Deontay can't let the emotions of the previous down affect his next down. Uh, but I'll give him an opportunity to address that with you guys. I'll give him an opportunity to address that with his teammates. Um, I'm not going to add any additional color. I think plays like that are best uh, described and, and outlined by those involved and less so uh, by guys like me. I keep my attention on on challenging things, things that await us this week, uh, schematic preparation for Arizona and the readiness of this group. Um, it's something that he needs to answer for. And so I'll give him an opportunity to do that. His teammates will give him an opportunity to do that. And I won't provide any, any color until he does. 
So I, I, th- I think it's refreshing for Mike Tomlin to address it and not just be like, you know, just brush it off. Because there's sometimes we've asked him questions and he's kind of like made light of it. But he kind of even clearly made it like, I'm going to let him handle that. Because he, in, in doing so, he acknowledges that wasn't acceptable. And, and it's like what you said, what I've been saying, like, you know, that play. Sure, you could say if even if he initially didn't see the ball bouncing, you could see in the all 22 clearly shows him when everyone's running and every and, and he kind of just waves it off like meh. And does and doesn't jump in at least to try to give an effort on the play. That is something that he, that he that Mike Tomlin says he'll address with his teammates and with the media. We'll see if he does address with the media on Wednesday uh, when, when we're in the Steelers locker room. But I I, it, you, I can't help but stack this up with the just the week before you had the you know him kind of going at it with Mike Tomlin on the sideline during the Browns loss. Then the Adam Schefter report about him getting into a, a you know a, a a scuffle or an, an argument with. Mika Fitzpatrick in the tunnel. Now both have seemed to both be fine since then, and the team the team has downplayed it then. But you look at those times and times where Deontay Johnson has been obviously frustrated with the path of the offense. The question is: Is Deontay Johnson becoming more of a problem for the Steelers, or is this is this all kind of being overblown? Maybe the Mika Fitzpatrick thing was a little bit, you know, I guess uh, blown up or exaggerated how bad it was, and that kind of makes this moment just feel a lot worse. I guess when the Deontay Johnson report came out about the locker room incident with Minka, to me that was a case of just the offense being so bad that frustrations were bubbling over from all directions. Like mm-hmm. this isn't the first time we've seen something like this. George Pickens has been frustrated. There's been b- bad body language from numerous players on the offense. Um, but you would hope that the coordinator change gave them a fresh start and a new outlook and a new like look at at, at this situation. So. It doesn't seem that it has. It seems like there are lingering frustrations. So I think that collectively as an offense, they need to look at this and just be like, Matt Canada is gone. We're trying to move things in a different direction. Play calling, personnel changes are all part of that. The other part of it is we need to start playing with greater effort and not let little frustrations linger and snowball into something because I think it has in the past. I think that's going to be the key for the Steelers going forward. I think so too because Mike Tomlin addressed it. You know, letting a play, a play a pass play linger on into further things and it affects how you're going to be playing. That's how you make. That's how you compound mistakes. That's how things get worse. And Deontay Johnson, you know, I'll say, and I said this in our grade segment that I did with Alan Saunders in our Tuesday episode when we did our stars and skulls. I thought Deontay Johnson, the reason I didn't grade him too harshly in the game, because he made two really important plays later. The deep ball he had down the sideline where he caught it in traffic, and then the snag he had over the middle on a third down pass where Kenny Pickett threw it really low. That that could have been a pass to Deontay Johnson. If he doesn't snatch that one out, out of the air, people would have looked at Kenny Pickett and said, you know what, that was a bad throw. I don't commit Deontay Johnson too hard on that. But because he snags it, the Steelers moved the chains. I believe that was a drive that ended in a field goal. I, I, may, I may be mistaken there. But – I look at those two plays and I'm like, man, like he at least bounced back later in the game. And I'm with you on this point. Deontay Johnson is still very important to this team. This team needs him, Pickens, and and Fryermuth to be on the field at the same time for a lot of plays to let defenses know, hey, all three of those guys are passing threats. If you double team one one of them, two of them could hurt you. And that could be the kind of balance that helps make Kenny Pickett's job processing the defense that much easier. Yeah, absolutely. You look at what the Steelers have invested on offense with the number of first-round picks like Najee Harris, Kenny Pickett, second-round picks like Pat Fryermuth, George Pickens. They give Deontay the big contract extension uh, before last season. So they have plenty of weapons on offense. And I think what these guys need to realize is there's going to be 
games when Deontay goes off. There's going to be games when George goes off. But all these pieces, as you're mentioning, should work together. And I think that this game against the Bengals was the closest we saw to that, where the Steelers were, you know, they saw the two high coverages and they were feeding it to Pat Fryermuth. You know, then when they forced the Bengals out of those, they got the single high look. That's when they took their chances to George and to Deontay. So when all these guys are staying on the same page, fighting through these frustrations and just playing hard and through the whistle, they're going to have success. They just have to be patient and it will come. I agree with you there. We're going to talk more about the offense later in the show, but I want to talk about the defense next because all of a sudden they're top five in scoring and say what you want about, about who they've played. That's still a huge part of why this team is in a position to be fighting for the playoffs at seven and four, where they are. We'll ask how, how good they are. If they are, if they, if they do deserve to be in that top five elite category in the NFL, that and more here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast, Chris Carter, Mike DeFabo stick with us. We have a lot to discuss. But first, we're here. We're this show. We are you. This show is brought to you by DoorDash. Why root for your team on an empty stomach when you can order DoorDash and save all your football watch party favorites? You can order pizza, wings, pop, burgers, or even just buns from the from from a grocery store if you already have the burgers. All that can be got from DoorDash, where you can get your favorite restaurants or your grocery stores delivered right to your door. For me, I like to order some Big Shot Bob's, get some Frank White sauce on the wings, get get a little bit of fries in there, and I'm having a happy, a happy football watch party with my wings and my sauce. Or sometimes maybe I'll go classic, get some Permanis, that, that steak and sirloin steak, uh, steak and cheese sandwich they got. It's awesome. I like my fries on top, but I don't do coleslaw. I think the people who do are nasty, Mike, so don't do coleslaw. Anyways, you can get all of that and more at, Door, Door, at DoorDash, where DoorDash right now, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your your first order when you download the DoorDash app and, and enter the code LOCKED23. It's L-O-C-K-E-D-2-3. Subject to change, terms, and conditions apply. And you can get prepared before game day, stock up on all your favorites. And again, you can do this with a Dash Pass membership, which you which if you sign up for, it, it saves you on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders. And again, don't forget, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you when you spend $10 or $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23, subject to change, terms and conditions apply. We're also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is, is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, and they're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. You're not battling against thousands of other players. You're not going up against pros and sharks. You don't have to pick the perfect lineup every single week to have a chance of getting any winnings. You just say, "Hey, I like these two to six players, and I think I can guess more or less on their stat projections." All that, and then you just watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks is the fun new daily fantasy platform that everyone needs to start playing right now. And with basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball with prize picks specials league. That means if you pick two players in football and basketball, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey, and say they have a 10.5 prediction combo of three pointers made plus receptions. If you think you have a beat on their next games and say, Hey, I think they'll get more or less than 10, 10 and a half three pointers and receptions combined. Then you can watch your winnings roll in at prize picks and prize picks also has a reboot policy where even if one of your players gets hurt in the first half, they can come that you, you can get your, your player rebooted with their with their prize pick with the prize picks reboot policy. And that prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. Prize picks, it, it, prize picks is an app that you got to download right now to play on all the different sports, NFL, 
NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, college sports. Go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports or download the prizepicks app. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash NFL. Use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, Chris Carter with Mike DeFable from The Athletic. Mike, let's talk about the Steelers' defense now because we, we, we talk a lot about the offense, especially with them getting 400 yards this past week. But this was now the seventh straight game. The Steelers held an opponent to 20 points or less. They've done it for, I think, all but three games this year. And one of those games, they scored defensive point, two defensive touchdowns. So they kind of made up for it. Um, so this is now a defense that has the, fit, the, the giving up the fifth fewest amount of points per game in the NFL, which that is huge, eighteen point six points per points per game. They're doing what they're they're doing what they're supposed to there. Um, they have the third most forced turnovers in the NFL. Uh, they have they're giving up the they have the third most interceptions in the NFL. They're giving up the tenth fewest uh, touch passing touchdowns per game and the sixth fewest rushing touchdowns per game. So you look at that and you think, okay. Things, things are great right now. Steelers defense is, is rolling. But then some people might look at it and say, well, wait a second. They're 25th in yards allowed. They're, they allow the 24th most passing yards. They allow the 22nd most rushing yards. Isn't that a problem? Mike, do you see that as a bad sign that the Steelers may be in trouble down the line? Or do you think this defense really is an elite top five group? Well, I, I think that what you have right here is a formula for the Steelers defense. And what that is is one predicated upon pressure. They get a ton of sacks, and then that pressure ultimately turns into turnovers. And that's been their formula. And they've been also very, very good in the red zone. So um, I think that they have a formula that works, and I think that they can continue it as long as T.J. Watt is healthy. Mike Tomlin said today that he's the best player on the planet, and I can't think of a player that maybe Patrick Mahomes or some of these quarterbacks, but a defensive player that has more to do with his team's success than T.J. Watt. And as long as he's there, there's going to be havoc. My big thing in the area that I'd like to see the Steelers clean up is the big plays that they're allowing. A lot of those yards are coming in bunches. They give up the third most completions of 20-plus yards. And that has been a problem that dates back to last year. I think they tried to fix the problem by upgrading some of their corners. But I think that's going to be an ongoing process. So, like, for me, you cut out the big plays – and all of a sudden you go from a, a defense that gives up a bunch of yards but is, is good in all the other areas to one that's a well-rounded defense that's good in all areas. Yeah, I think that that's where the Steelers, they they find their ways to win in the spots that they want to win. Mike Tomlin talks about he wants to win on third downs. He wants to win in turnovers. And right now they're winning on turnovers. They're, you know, they're, find, they're finding ways to create, again, they're the third best uh, turnover uh, turnover defense in the NFL. Um, they still have, they're tied for the, the top turnover differential in the NFL with the San Francisco 49ers, pretty good company to be keeping uh, there. Um, you know, third downs, you can see that they're not, they're not the best. I think they're just outside the top 10 there. They're allowing, I'm actually, excuse me, I'm missing this up here. No, yeah, they're still just outside the top 10 with 37.9% just behind teams like the Chiefs, the Lions, the Broncos, and the Ravens. So, you know, that bad, but not elite there. But I think, like you said here, this is a defense that has been propped up by TJ Watt. 
uh, propped up by, I think, detailed play from, from guys who filled in in really good spots. Alex Highsmith deserves a lot of credit there. I think Cam Hayward's playing really good now that he's back. But guys like Keanu Benton, guys like Elandon Roberts, guys like Joey Porter Jr., Patrick Peterson, these have, those have been implants into this defense that have all become, uh, become uh, assets to the Steelers' defense. And now the Steelers feel really decent or cautiously, cautiously optimistic, as Mike Tomlin puts it, that Minka Fitzpatrick's back this week. And Mike, all the defensive numbers I said there that, you know, the, the, the fifth and points allowed top and, you know, top three in turnovers, you know, top 10 in, in touch, rushing touchdowns and passing touchdowns allowed all that has been done. And they have not played one single game where from start to finish TJ Watt, Kim Hayward and Mika Fitzpatrick have all been healthy together. I think that speaks to Terrell Austin's work as a defensive coordinator, but also just how well balanced this defense really is in trying to win its game, win its, uh, its games. Yeah, you mentioned Minka Fitzpatrick being out. He still doesn't have an interception this season, and that's one reason that I think the turnover numbers are sustainable. Sometimes you can look at turnovers, and they can be fluky. You know, it depends on the opponent. It depends on if the ball goes the right way, and you recover it. And the Steelers recover a lot of their fumbles. But I have optimism that the Steelers will continue to produce turnovers because Minka has, fit like to this point, not been the playmaking, turnover-producing Minka that we expect. And I expect water to find its level. And I feel like he's going to have a big second half when he comes back. And all of a sudden, you're going to get additional turnovers from him. So I think that that definitely is going to be a big factor. The other thing is, one of their biggest issues dating back to 2021 was stopping the run. And they were inconsistent in the years since. They were inconsistent this year stopping the run. But recently, they've been a lot better. And they've played some teams that, you know, with a backup quarterback, you would think are committed to running the football so their improvements there, I think, give me confidence that, like, if you could stop the run, which has been such a big issue, the rest of it will also follow suit. I think that's certainly part of it. Part of it too. Here, um, I just I continue to look at the Steelers' defense and and, and be you know amazed at how they find things. But people also might look at some of the teams that they've played down down the stretch here, and you know, and, and that's that's kind of fair when you look at you know they played some backup quarterbacks. They just played back to back backup quarterbacks uh, in Dorian Thompson Robinson and the Browns, Jake Browning. Uh, in the Bengals, Jordan Love, I think, is coming on and kind of showing people that maybe he's better than what pe- some some people thought. But you played Will Levis just a uh, you know a co- you know a couple starts in his in his second start, I believe, in the in the NFL. So you know there's there that you could certainly look at those situations there. But they've also looked pretty good against guys like Trevor Lawrence, where they held to 20 points in a in a game where their offense kind of fell apart in the second half. They kept Matt Stafford in check with the Rams. They kept Lamar Jackson in, in check with with the Ravens. The only two games where I think you could say like man. Defense was just completely out of it today. Was the Texans game, which they kind of held close until late before that broke open, and the Niners game where they did get the the, the, the doors blown blown off of them. I think this is a defense that very well can make this Steelers team very formidable down the stretch, especially if this offense does f- figure out a few of the right things. Well, further to your point about playing some less than uh, superb quarterbacks, that's kind of the league right now. Yep. You know, it feels like every team either they've got. Uh, an injured quarterback who's a star or they've got a quarterback that's young that they're trying to figure out or one that they don't believe in and that they've benched. And that's only going to continue. And which is another reason I think the Steelers can keep up these numbers. Like look at the quarterbacks that are coming up. Kyler Murray coming off injury. He's still a bit of an unknown in their offense has been kind of up and down this season. But then after that, you know, you've got a Patriots team that who even knows how many quarterbacks they'll play or which quarterback it'll be. You've got a backup in Gardner Minshew coming up. 
another backup quarterback when they play the Bengals the second time. Like, there's not a great quarterback that's going to come in here and, and light them up. So, you know, I, I have confidence that they can keep it going. I mean, I'm, I'm right with you here, and I've said this for a little bit now, but, you know, before the season, I had the Steelers as a 12-win team. They sit at 7-4 and four with six games to end the season against the Cardinals at home, the Patriots at home, the Colts on the road, the Bengals at home, and then road games against the Seahawks and Ravens. All they need to do is win five out of those seven games, or you know, five out of those seven. Did I say that's six. right? No, five out of those six. No, I mean, look, look at my look at my math sucking in real time. Five <laughs> out of those six um, to to get to twelve wins here, and that's no easy feat. I'm not saying that's just that's a walk in the park here because you have to be consistent, and the Steelers have struggled with consistency at, at, at times this year. But I really think if the defense holds at the level it's been, and maybe even takes a step up with Mika Fitzpatrick back, and the offense in the progress that it's been making, continues to take steps forward, you can see a team with not just 10 wins, but maybe 11, 12, 12 wins at the end of the season that's vying for an AFC North crown and maybe even a home playoff game that the Steelers fans can finally enjoy for the first time since COVID when the 2020 year. Yeah, I mean, I think from here till the end of the season, I look at every single game is winnable, and a couple of those should be easy wins. Now, it's never easy in the NFL. Steelers are known for their letdown games, but I mean, there's no excuse for losing to the Cardinals or there wouldn't you know, be, you know, you should definitely or the Patriots. beat the Bengals. You should definitely beat the Patriots who may or may not be tanking. Like there's some easy games on the schedule, very winnable. And then the toughest games on the schedule, like the Ravens, who knows if they'll have something to play for. Plus it's a division game. Those are always tight. The Steelers always play Lamar Jackson. Well, um, you know, it seems like, the Seahawks and Geno Smith seems like he's regressed a little bit from last year. He's had some injury concerns. So I don't see a great team left on their schedule. And I think the Steelers absolutely should be in every one of these games. Absolutely. I want to talk more about the offense, not about the players as much, but about the new coaches that are leading the offensive room. Eddie Faulkner is the official offensive coordinator. Mike Sullivan calls the plays. I want to get Mike's thoughts on that balance of power as far as how that it could be helping the offense moving forward. We'll do that here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. Chris Carter, Mike DeFable, stick with us. We have a lot more to discuss. But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. That's where LinkedIn Jobs comes in to make it easier for you to find people who want to tell you, you want to talk to faster and for free. Just create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to, to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so you're network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Mike DeFabo from The Athletic. Mike, let's get back to the offense for a second here. And now I asked Mike Tomlin a little bit about this, about Eddie Faulkner, and if 
his way of organizing the room, which is something he praised just a week ago, played a big role in there in, in any steps forward or anything that he liked about it in their third down success this past week. And he played it down as Mike Tomlin often does. He's like, you know, let's, let's see, let's see a bigger sample size for that. And I agree with that. Like, you know, this is not, you know, the one game does not determine that they've fixed everything in the offense because especially when they just scored 16 points, but I, I look at this and I, I want to get your a sense from you, a guy you're around the team every single day. What do you think that the dynamics, how, how the dynamics have changed from Eddie Faulkner leading the room and organizing their, their week in and week out preparations. And then Mike being able to Mike Sullivan being able to call the plays and how that balances between them. Yeah. Initially when Mike Tomlin laid this out, it seemed like a very unique and maybe challenging dynamic to have, two voices and two guys and how is that exactly going to work but the more it's played out I think it is going to work well and and the reason I say that is Eddie Faulkner I think is the emotional kind of like leader that can bring them together and a lot of the players talked about he called a meeting right after Matt Kennedy was fired and he just told the guys look we got to play for each other you have to play for the guy next to you and I think that that's something that the guys took to heart and so I think that he's doing a good job of you know, bringing the guys together. He's also in charge of leading the meetings and he's a charismatic type of guy. He he has leadership intangibles that you can just sense from talking to him. And so I think that's all good. And I think that also he's, you know, it's not a coincidence that the running game has picked up and that you've now got a running backs coach uh, essentially as the de facto coordinator. I think that's a big part of it. And then Mike Sullivan, I think, you know, he's the guy that knows Kenny Pickett the best. He should be the guy calling the plays. And, you know, he knows from being in these meeting rooms with Kenny, which throws Kenny likes. You know, if he sees Kenny throw off target, he's going to know what play do I need to call to get Kenny back into a rhythm. And, and beyond that, you know, I wrote a story about him in The Athletic, and he was an Army Ranger. This mm-hmm. is a military guy, very, very detailed. Uh, when he talks – like he's the kind of guy that speaks in full paragraphs. Uh, and so um, like one thing he said to me was, I know the difference when I'm calling in an airstrike between a nine and a five. So I have to enunciate that clearly. So I just feel like having that kind of a, a strong commanding voice in Kenny Pickett's ear um, just only can help him. And so I think that actually as much as it's a unique and, and very different situation with two guys, I think that they actually got it right here. I think that this could be an interesting balance moving forward. And I'm not even going to approach for now the conversation of what they need to do next year, because right now this, this team, this Steelers team is competitive. They're a playoff team. And I think they have a real shot at being, at at creating a lot of, a lot of problems moving forward. We'll for other teams. We'll see, we'll, we'll see how far this goes. If this offense explodes and they have a 30 point game at some point this year, and then we're talking about this team being a real power, then we'll, we'll, we'll branch the idea of, Hey, how do you approach this with trying to figure out who's the new offensive coordinator next year? Because there's a lot of things there, but right now I think a big part of what Eddie Faulkner did. And I mean, you know, this was something that we, that we, we talked about. I've said, I've said for months now, people complain about Matt Canada's play calling, but I thought the biggest thing was how things were being taught. Didn't make sense to people. And the lack of consistency showed me that like, Hey, what Matt Canada could not do and continue to get wrong was getting people to understand what they were supposed to do on any given play and how to counterbalance with what an opponent was trying to do. And at least in this game, 
It certainly looked like the Steelers knew what the Bengals were trying to do, knew how to respond when they got certain looks, especially Kenny Pickett, who continued to look in the right places. And that's all you're asking of him. But especially, then, but also the offensive line, they countered different blitzes a lot better. You saw them pick up different blitz looks. And sure, they did let up some pressure here and there. That's going to happen in, in, in football. But I felt collectively this offense looked like it had it knew what its job was, what its purpose was, and it went out and executed it on several occasions. Now, you want them to execute it in a much better fashion because you're not going to win too many games to sit with 16 points, even with the defense that's allowing 18.6 points per game. But I think that there is room for these guys to set a new tone and at least space for an offense with a lot of youth and a lot of playmakers on it. Pat Frymouth, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Kenny Pickett, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, Broderick Jones playing well, James Daniels playing well on the offensive line. A lot of those guys can take steps forward together if this room is together. And I think that's where the biggest asset of Faulkner is. And like you said, the biggest aspect of Sullivan, he's the guy that's going to know Kenny Pickett the best and understand how can I best call plays to keep his head in the game. Yeah, I just thought that their game planning and their play sequencing was really good. Like they came mm. out and they anticipated – the two deep zone. And so because of that, they immediately called a play to counteract it with the four verticals hitting Pat Frymuth up the seam. That's exactly what you want to call in that situation. They had the right call on. Then when, you know, Mike Tomlin was critical at one point of Matt Canada for not making good in-game adjustments. When the Bengals went to their single high looks, that's when the Steelers took their chances down the field. Yep. So it was like Mike Sullivan and Eddie Faulkner came in with a plan. They anticipated the two high looks. They had the right answer for it. Then when the Bengals changed, they noticed the change, they recognized it, and they had another, uh, you know, plays designed and answers for that coverage as well. So, I mean, I really liked what I saw. Um, we will have to wait and see because it was the first Steelers game since 2020, week two of 400-plus yards. But the Cincinnati Bengals give up an average of 390. So <laughs> it uh, it wasn't that was an average game for the Bengals and it was a great game for the Steelers. But like this offense was atrocious. It was comically inept. So yes. to go from that to average is a big step in the right direction. And you've got to get to average before you can get to good. So I'm OK with the Steelers being average for now. And, and that might be good enough to win a playoff game if you have average offense and elite defense. That's where I think the Steelers, uh, where Steelers bread will be buttered if they are able to take steps forward. We'll see how they continue to take steps forward here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Let people know they can find you, follow you, get more of your work. And if you have anything in particular, people should be looking out to read. Yeah, absolutely. You can catch all my work on The Athletic and follow me on Twitter at Mike DeFabo. Um, some of the things that we've mentioned with the play calling sequences, some of the changes, I went through and did a detailed look, looking at some of the film breaking it all down so you can check out that story we've got a one dollar per month promo going on right now at the athletic as well if you want to check that out absolutely check out mike the fable and all is worth it at the, at the athletic there thanks mike for coming on and thank you all for joining us here on the wednesday edition of the locked on steelers podcast i'm your host chris carter follow me on twitter and instagram and at all my platforms at carter critiques read my work at the pittsburgh post gazette post-gazette.com and find me here on the locked on steelers podcast every monday through friday uh breaking down your pittsburgh steelers right here on the locked on steelers podcast tune in thursday we'll have we'll have our our, our crossover thursday episode getting you ready for how the steelers shall be taking on the arizona cardinals right here on the locked on Steelers podcast.